everybody, and welcome to Our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit. Today, we have Pat returning to talk to Dylan about the World Series, do a little bit of a mid-World Series recap. We really wanted to have Phil on this episode as well, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it. So it's just Dylan and Pat uh, talking about the World Series and where we're at so far. Uh, but before that, my name is Nime. I'm going to do a very quick intro for you. It's just me here on the intro. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about some of the news of the week, uh, just because there has actually been some news this week. And shockingly, uh, it's been some Cardinals news this week. There's also been some non-Cardinals news this week. Actually, the the, the big news has been Missouri news this week, though. Um, uh, so first of all, uh, I don't remember if we talked about uh, Adam Wainwright. Uh, I, I think it didn't wasn't official until this week. Um, but Adam Wainwright did announce that he will be returning next year as a Cardinal. Uh, the final terms there, it's uh, one year, $17.5 million, uh, which is the same as 2022. Um, uh, some of that's deferred. There's also so, you know, all-star MVP and and Gold Glove and um, uh, Silver Slugger stuff. I don't think he can get a Silver Slugger, but he definitely has a Silver Slugger bonus. Um, there's no more pitcher Silver Slugger, though, because of the DH. Um but uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Obviously, I love Adam Wainwright. He has announced this will be his last year. Um, I, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about the the Yachty Pujols retirement tour this year. Uh, it, it always felt like Wayno was a part of that, um, but you know I think definitely as the season wore on and he didn't say anything about it, uh, and especially as we got further and further into it, uh, it really seemed like that this was not his final season. Uh, but he has announced that 2023 will be his final season. This is it. He's he's going to be done after this year. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, you know, I'm I'm obviously excited. I love Adam Wainwright, and and you know he's been a Cardinal for such a big chunk of my life, over half my life. So I'm I'm uh you know. I'm pumped to to see him come back for one final uh, final time, and uh, yeah. Um, the other uh, big Cardinals news is that Nolan Arenado said that he will not opt out of his contract. In fact, he's, he told the team and he officially opts in for the last five years of his contract. Uh, five years, one hundred forty-four million dollars for this next five years, which is you know just the contract that he signed with uh, with the Rockies uh, in the trade. Uh, he added a second opt out. Um, and uh, and did not take it. So uh, this makes the um, <laughs> this makes Nolan Arenado uh, the second highest paid Rocky in 2023 after Chris Bryant because he will be making 16 million dollars next year and then five million each year from 2024 to 2026 from the Rockies, uh, which is just just incredible. <laughs> it's it's truly truly hilarious. Um, and then, uh, finally, I don't think there's another big thing that happened besides, uh, besides this one. I, 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 unless I'm missing something, which is very possible, um, the, uh, the last thing we've got is the, uh, the Royals have finished their managerial search. They hired Ray's bench coach, Matt Quat- Quattraro as their new manager, um, he it's his first managerial job. He turns forty nine in November, so he'll be you know he's he's not not a he's he's a fairly young for for a manager. You know, there's obviously really young managers. He's maybe maybe middle of the pack. Um, he's been a managerial candidate for a while. You know, he he 
interviewed with a bunch of other teams as well. Uh, so he's going to be the Kansas City Royals manager, you know, so I, I, I don't know a bunch about him, but obviously Ray's coaching staff is usually pretty good. So it's, uh, you know, that's that's seems like a good hire for the Royals, especially coming off of Mike Matheny, who is uh, maybe the worst person I've ever had the misfortune of watching manage my team. Um so uh so yeah that that's really about it though those are sort of the uh the big uh news hits oh and then uh, sorry the, the last one is um oh no sorry i i totally forgot um another actually cardinals bit of news uh skip schumacher got hired as the uh marlins new manager uh leaving his job as the cardinals bench coach uh i didn't think this was going to happen um because schumacher's family he you know they live in southern california and uh you know it seemed like he went to the cardinals job because obviously he spent most of his career with the cardinals he had a lot of history with the cardinals um uh you know he played with yachty and pujols and wainwright um and uh and I, I really thought he was gonna stay there or or potentially take you know if a job opened up closer to to his family in southern california um but he takes the marlins job uh you know so i'm you know i i love skip schumacher he finally becomes skipper schumacher um so uh I, I'm, I'm pumped about that and uh and you know good for the marlins like i think i think he's a great hire I, i'm a big fan of skip schumacher um the other thing is uh we mentioned the white Sox managerial opening last week in that uh there was like the, there was a, a, a tweet the confirmation that joe espada got hired as the white Sox new manager and then more reporting that said joe espada was not gonna be the white Sox new manager necessarily and they were still interviewing ozzy guillen uh According to MLB trade rumors, or or you know, I'm not sure who, if they uh, from from Scott they got from Scott uh, Scott Merkin from MLB.com. Uh, Joe Espada is no longer in the managerial hunt for the White Sox. They are no longer considering him. Um, they did, however, interview Ozzie Guillen. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the White Sox spot is the last spot open um for for managerial openings unless somebody gets fired in the off season uh this is the this is the last open spot of the white Sox spot so uh, uh you know unless i'm mistaken joe espada will be you know probably with the astros again next year as bench coach um and uh and you know the the white Sox are gonna go a different way so we're gonna keep an eye on the white Sox story if there's another managerial opening that I'm forgetting about, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but that's going to be it. Uh, I'm going to kick it now to Dylan and Pat to do a, a recap of these first two games of the World Series and preview the rest of it. Hey guys, this is Dylan. We are here for a little World Series check-in. We are recording on the off day on Sunday. And we are going to look a little bit toward the rest of these series. Uh, Astros and Phillies are tied one to one. And we have on my favorite Philadelphia Phillies fan, maybe my only Philadelphia Phillies fan in my life, but that is Pat. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate that. You might be my favorite uh, Braves fan out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very low bar, but we make this work. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, it has been a very entertaining series, I think, so far, particularly Game 1. Um, you know, this is the first World Series you've gotten to really run through, you know, experiencing of quite a while. And you're two games yeah. in, you've already got kind of a roller coaster on your hands. Uh, if you just want to, <laughs> you know, explain how it's felt kind of being back in this high-stakes mode. 
like I I don't remember 08 ever being this stressful. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was cuz I was younger and wasn't as you know, I wouldn't say not into it. I was very into it, but I guess not as into it as I am today, you know, if right. it being the first time in years. Like right. this is more stressful than I remember it ever being. Yeah. Um game 1 was just uh, it was a nervous wreck the entire game. Uh, not realizing that an all-time classic World Series game was uh, being played before us until the end. Yeah. Uh, when I was able to reflect without the nerves and go, you know, as a baseball fan, that was an incredible game. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, as someone... I think the last time I talked to Naim, I, I said I was rooting for either a Meteor or a Bane scenario, <laughs> which was kind of, like, mean. But, like, it was yeah. a roundabout way of saying, like, I obviously don't have any, like, allegiances in the series, but that game right. one was about as good as it gets, right? Where it's, like, I remember, you know, our exchanges on Slack or whatever we were doing, and you thought y'all were dead in the water, what, by inning three, you know, oh, game one we or whatever spot. that was? Like, you know, it yeah. felt like, oh, no, this is, like, really going down, like, a bad direction. Like, y'all are getting exposed yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And it uh, it really turned around really fast. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the power of that team. Um better or worse you know what i mean like it's it's not always going to be the cleanest necessarily obviously nola got roughed up a little bit but the offense is just good enough that they can pull some things like that out and you know not to compare too much but that's essentially what the braves did right they had just enough to kind of make other teams sweat and when you have that much you know weird things kind of happen that way i think yeah it's i mean it's what the 2019 nationals did too it's exactly weird how similar all three of these teams are to each other yeah it is kind of strange and kind of uh, not necessarily all in a row but in this kind of few year period you know where you kind of scrape together the weaknesses and those you know like i think philly came in where it's like the bullpen's obviously going to be a weakness and stuff but Mm -hmm. it's been really strong it's like really 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 strong you know throughout this entire postseason and against the astros despite the loss you know, yeah. so I mean, um, the bullpen's actually outpitched the Astros bullpen, which, which is I think nuts. I'd be saying two games in. Yeah, but here we are. Like the um, fact that you even got Andrew Bellotti, Connor Brogdon, and Brad Hand in game two and didn't just like give up ten runs. It's pretty great. I had I had <laughs> I had Mike Ford reactions every time I saw Brogdon or Brad Hand come in. It's Mike I, Ford. I was just expecting the meltdown to happen. You know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what do you think are the takeaways of these first couple games? Is it just that, you know, the Phillies can hang enough to make it interesting? Is it the pitching might not, you know, the starters have obviously really not been on point for the Phillies yet. But what do you think are the kind of your main takeaways of the first couple games as a Phillies fan or just as a baseball fan? I mean, all right. So the first takeaway we got to get to here uh, is the the. Framber Valdez slash Astros are cheating thing. Okay, Phillies fans, guys, <laughs> calm down. Let's let's calm Relax. down here. They're they're not cheating. Take it easy. This is what Framber does. This is the type of pitcher he is. You know, he even admitted it. Yeah. And you know, Rob Thompson was keeping his eye out. He didn't see anything wrong. Like, let's let's relax here. Let's not be. I know we're a reactionary fan base. <laughs> yeah, we're a reactionary fan base. But let's let's relax yeah. here. The Martin Maldonado thing, you know, 
it happened, you know, and the reason that that was illegal was because it shatters too easily. Yeah, it's like, it's I don't think thing. Martin Maldonado is getting very big of an advantage from a 12-year-old bat or whatever. Yeah. You know? So let's let's just relax a little bit, okay? You know, chill. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, I think my biggest concern right now is Wheeler's Velocity being down in mm-hmm. Game 2. Um I didn't like that, and I don't know if it's just, you know, he's still suffering uh, from the comebacker he took on the knee, or if it goes a little bit beyond that and he's just tired. I'm hoping it's just a comebacker. He'll be good for game six. You know, have five days of rest. You know, if we get to a game six, you know, who knows? But should we get to that point, you know, hopefully he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Nola, I'm, I'm hoping September Nola isn't showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that strike zone uh, in game one was also pretty, pretty open, and Nola likes a tight strike zone. So yeah, you know it happens. Um, yeah, I've always thought with Nola, he is borderline unhittable when he's got that pinpoint kind of location going. Mm-hmm. But it's just so hard when your stuff moves the way it does. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's so hard to think like, oh, I can dot a two seamer that moves like a foot at 95 miles an hour, every single pitch, right. Or like dot this, you know, he's got that kind of sweeping slider curveball kind of thing and a change up. Like he's got all these really interesting pitches that move a ton. And when they, when you get that like call at the inner corner, it's like, Oh my gosh, you can't hit this guy. But it's when that starts to tail over the plate a little bit more, it's like, like it just becomes a little bit more easy to hit, you know? And, um, and then the wheel of things really fascinating because he came in with the injury kind of like in September. Right. So he kind of like, yeah. they were kind of ramping, ramping him up for the postseason, and then kind of let him go, but not like too much. You know what I mean? I don't think they've been, but he's, he, he, he was so good in the postseason, right. That it looked like it was like, okay, we can just forget about this. Right. He was so dominant against the, you know, in the series leading up to this, but um, as far as like velocity and stuff, at least, you know, I know it wasn't like necessarily perfect, but it was pretty close to it. But now it's like, I wonder if the injury, that injury is kind of like catching up to him or if the velocity is catching up to him or what it is. And, you know, I, I'm, I am worried, you know, they had to burn Ranger Suarez in the first game, which I know yes. was like, you know, Ranger is not someone you're expecting to go eight innings anyway. Right. But like, we've seen this with overtaxed, you know, this is what kind of separates the good from the great teams, right? Is like, yeah. Now we get to a point where you're tied. It's great, but now you're working on really borrowed time, right? Like the pitchers kind of remaining are really set up for the Astros, and especially when you're not really sure about Nola and Wheeler right now. Maybe a little bit. I, I'm still, I still like what Nola's got, but like you said, Wheeler's velocity seems to be at least a little bit of a concern, even if he's got a couple more days to kind of chill. Yeah, I think with Nola, I, I think he would have benefited pitching game two over game one just because of the strike zone that uh, Pat Hoberg was calling. Yeah. Because um, that's the, the kind way, of strike zone that Nola works with. Yeah. Shout out to Pat Hoberg. The perfect game. Yeah. It's like kind of like burying the lead here if for all of us umpire haters out there. Like, perfect strike zone. Pretty pretty good job he, there, Pat Hoberg. He's fantastic. I'm glad that he's on this. Uh, this uh, umpire crew. Let him um, do it every day. Yeah, I, I hope he calls a few more games. <laughs> he did yeah. really, really well in that game. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, with Wheeler, I, I think it's just the leg thing. I think the velocity will probably be back. Yeah. Uh, come game six. But, you know, bringing Ranger in in game one, I kind of get what Thompson was going for. He wanted to go for the kill in that game. Right. He, he wanted to keep it close. I mean, Ranger only threw 11 pitches. Right. Which is definitely a bonus. Yeah. That would have been his side throwing day, anyways. Right. Uh, so it, it was just basically getting that simulated game in when yeah. he was coming into a real game. Right. It, and it worked, right? So, like, that that's yeah. part of the, like, part of the good part is that it worked, right? Because if it didn't work, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, they just burned their game three starter to lose, right? But it yeah, worked. Yeah, we'd be down there, too, right now. You move on, you know. Okay, but, um, I did see, it was, like, Erica Flaherty or someone on Twitter. You know, Erica Flaherty, the former Braves reliever. He hosts uh, mm-hmm. the Braves, kind of, their uh, 755 is real podcast with... Uh, Dave O'Brien from the Athletic, and he was talking about that moment, and he's like, "Listen, like the bullpen thing is legit, right? Like, as in, like you know, these guys are throwing probably around this time, but throwing a bullpen is like such like it's like zero percent effort for these guys compared right. to like a real game, right? So there is the his workload was clearly minimized, right? But gearing up yeah. for a game is very different than like, oh, you know, Rangers throwing in the bullpen today just to get." 20 pitches in, you know, because they're, like, apparently barely throwing, and that's coming from a, you know, major league reliever that just recently retired. So, um, yeah. I am very curious to see how that goes. So, who do they now have lined up the next few days? Uh, so, it's going to be Cindergaard game three, and I'm guessing that's just going to be the bullpen game. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, I imagine they're going to hope for three innings out of him, mm-hmm. and then just go with the rest of the pen. Game four will be Ranger, and then game five will be Nola. Right. Um, um, and so why don't we kind of flip it on the other side, you know, still from your perspective, but, you know, what are you seeing from the Astros that has worked for them, hasn't worked for them um, in comparison to what the Phillies have been able to kind of piece together? Um, their, their ability to get timely hits was the big thing yeah. I've, I've been seeing. Like, Kyle Tucker with the two home runs uh, and in the perfect crushed. spot. Yeah, yeah, he, he crushed those. And then uh, Bregman uh, with the big home run in game two and three consecutive doubles to lead off the game on the first three pitches was insane. Yeah, that was uh, scary. From the Astros. <laughs> that was very scary. Yeah, I I was I was starting to have a meltdown. I was like, oh no, this is going to be one of those games and. Luckily, it wasn't too terrible. They were still able to, you know, Philly kind of kept it close because they were getting on against Framber, but Framber's so good at holding runners and preventing runs from scoring that. Yeah. You know, even getting those guys on, he, he's still able to get out of the trouble. Framber is such, like, an old-school soul. Like, I feel like, you know, he would have thrived, you know, in the olden days. Oh. Just, you know, he's very 100%. methodical. He's got that huge breaking ball. You know, he he lives for those double plays and the ground balls. I and mean, he can still strike you. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a mixture of everything. But when you're on the other side of it, it can get kind of tough. For some reason, the Braves crushed him last year. He came into apparently yeah. yesterday's game with a 19 plus ERA in the World Series just because of the Braves. Essentially, I don't have a good reason as to why that is. You know, the Braves. But I mean, the Braves World Series run. We could audit that all we want, and it's it's, it's really yeah. never going to make that much sense. But uh, um, you know, he is a tough dude to handle you did get past verlander which is you know like yes. hey 
You, you take what you can I get. I don't know what's wrong with him in the World Series. It, like, he was shutting us down, and then... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe the, you know, Justin is, I mean, Justin's like the extreme version of like the classic workhorse, right? Still, yeah. you know, in our version of baseball now, but um, maybe the, maybe third time to the lineup just needs to be like, all right, Justin, you gave us five, you gave us four, we got to move on, you know, because I don't think you can stomach one of those again. And I, you know, I, I, Justin is like, one of Richmond's best, you know, I'm, I'm a personal right. fan of his and stuff. So I, I'm rooting for him to get his first win eventually. Right. But, you know, um, maybe the, he can get it next year. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the world series win thing was over dusty and those guys a little bit, uh, you know, more than it should in that situation. I'm not, you know, necessarily saying that's what happened, but you know what I mean? When you're, when you have two outs and then you can qualify for a win when you're winning five to zero, you know, maybe that's, part of your thought process, yeah. you know, when your guy is scuffling a little bit and you just want him to get a double play and then things just unravel a little bit too much. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And that, I mean, that's the world series though, right? It's like these weird things happen and then it yep. gets, you know, amplified so much. Um, the, the guy that just continues to impress me the most is Ria Muto. Like just everything about what he's doing is amazing. And, you know, you mentioned the guys in the Astros, you know, Bregman and, Tucker really, you know, I think those are the kind of your main stars of the first couple of games. Um, yeah. You know, how do you think you mentioned cinder guards coming up and then the Astros should have what McCullers and then what I, they put I in. I think it's going to be McCullers tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, and then Javier will be game four. Right. And then they just use Garcia. So it's maybe like him or bullpen game or Verlander, I guess is kind of after that. Um, yeah. So I think if Philly takes the first two, they're going to go back to Verlander. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. got to shut it down. And then, yeah, Luis is maybe the more, you know, like safe option. Um, but, you know, do you, who do you see kind of being the key players in this? Do you think anyone's supposed to, do you think someone needs to step up or do you, do, are you worried about the way someone's hitting or do you think an Astros player is going to break out on you? Like where, where do you kind of see this going as far as these lineups colliding once they get to Philly? Uh, I need Nick Cassianos to stop swinging at the first pitch he sees and grounding at the short. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's getting on my nerves. Like I will give the man credit. He made a tremendous play <laughs> in game one. The defense then, has been shocking. <laughs> like, I did not expect that. Yeah, it's insane because it was basically the same play uh, as in game one of the DS yeah. against the Braves. It was literally the same. And if he doesn't make that, that's game over. It's it's 2-0 Astros right now. Yeah. Um, but he needs to, to stop stopping the ball to short, start taking some pitches and stop swinging at everything. Um, if he had not swung at anything nearest through in game one, he would have walked with the bases loaded. Yeah. He, um, he was swinging. I mean, you you saw him. I think he took the first pitch of that at bat, which is like one of those Hector Neris crazy, you know, fastball sinker yeah. thing, you know, whatever he was doing. And took it. And then the second one was the exact same pitch way out of the zone, and he swung at it. I just swung and at it's it. like, yeah. how do you how – how do you do that on back-to-back pitches? You know, it's it's a – it's a wonder sometimes with, I mean, you know, these are professional yeah. athletes. They have reasons for all yeah. these things, but 
it's tough when it's bases loaded, you know. He needs to move out of Ben Simmons' house as soon as possible. Wait, is that a thing? He lives in Ben Simmons' old house, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, he needs to get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah, Uh, put that up on Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, please, just get out of there. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) he needs to stop doing that. Um, Thompson just needs to start stot every game. Um, I get wanting to have Souza in against the lefty. Yeah, but man, you gotta start stot every game because his ability to work at bats and work it's on deep is, is incredible. He he's and, he's been so you know. This is a dude that was basically looked like a bust the first couple months, right? Obviously, you can't judge someone like that, right? Like, you can't say, like, oh, this 23-year-old sucks, you know, because he had yeah. a bad April. But, like, Rice, Ryson did not look like he, like, was a major league player for, like, majority of the season. And yeah. I don't know, you know, I think you, you've talked about it before. Maybe he tinkered some things or was an approach thing. Or, you know, maybe just a confidence thing. But that dude takes at-bats that are so annoying. And I see this in, like, a complimentary way like the yeah. most annoying pesky hitter on that team you know and that that yeah. means a lot you know it's it's very segura ish you know in the way that's just like oh my gosh like really like just like get a hit and just like let me like yeah. move on you know like oh my gosh he's like 10 pitch walks and things like these are really key at bats for a guy that you know was not always necessarily in the plans, I think. So he has been really, really impressive and has been, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think there's a, probably a reason, you know what I mean? A platoon advantage and stuff. Right. But, um, I do certainly see the viability and just like, let this dude annoy the hell out of whoever yeah. comes next. So because it, it works, like he did that against Strider and got, got on, on the double. And then Hoskins had that home run. Um, he did it. I think he did it against Musgrove too. But and you know that approach he adopted from Gene Segura uh, yeah. is actually an interesting story. Segura challenged him to take his two strike apo- approach for ten at bats. Yeah, Scott went eight for ten after adopting that approach. Yeah, and said, "Okay, yeah, I'm sticking with this." Yeah, so, this is this is my money maker. Yeah, Gene oh, is yeah. the man. Uh, love that guy as, as again as annoying as he is it's a respectful annoying and Bryson is certainly following in his footsteps and uh, yeah. yeah it's been really really fun to see young guy kind of ch- step up in the moment like that and really put together professional at bats and the good part for him is that Valdez is basically the only lefty they have to throw at him you know yeah. so like theoretically unless it goes six or seven and Valdez comes back into the picture like Will Smith does not appear to be in like you know no in I, the, I think in Will the, Smith was put on the roster to keep Harper in the cleanup spot and all yeah state. it was just like you know they have a guy if they're down a couple or up a couple runs you know like yeah lower stakes kind of scenario so Bryson should have kind of full go for the rest of the series and if they get back to Valdez I guess that'll be the question then but yeah. Um, right. So, um, and you know, what is the kind of your, you're in the Philly area, you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. in the city all the time. I think you're kind of in and out of the city, but you know, yeah. what's kind of the vibe as it comes back to Philadelphia now? Like, is ever like it, it clearly that, I mean, just watching on TV, Philly has been the most manic place throughout the entire postseason, and it certainly paid off for the last couple of rounds. So what's kind of the vibe yeah. Um, vibe check as it comes back. 
I mean, we've been on a month-long bender, essentially. That's <laughs> that's what this run has been. Like, there's a new drink in Philly called the Schwarber, and it's a shot of tequila, a beer, and a meatball. <laughs> I think I'm gonna Schwarber. <laughs> Not you're not taking them all together, but you eat, you, okay. you do the shot, you drink the beer, and then you eat the meatball. And that's right. the shorber. You take that. Um, yeah. The vibes, I think the vibes are really good coming in. Uh, my vibes personally are, you know, I'm I'm nervous going against this team, but yeah. we've got that that tenth man in the lineup advantage uh, coming to Citizens Bank Park. Now the Astros have been to some hostile places, but right. uh, since post cheating scandal, they've not been to Philadelphia. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's like game one's Halloween night. There's gonna be people dressed as trash cans. In it's that, just gonna be in that yeah. crowd. They're it's, gonna make their gonna lives hell. Mad now. <laughs> oh, it, it's it's gonna, That's why Houston has to take two of these three games if they want to win this series. Yeah. Because I think that crowd's gonna have a huge impact. Uh, it sounds like we might be getting Taylor Swift to sing uh, the anthem in game one. <laughs> Does she have which... a Philly connection? Uh, yeah, she sang uh, the anthem in Game One of the World Series in '08. Oh, okay. I think they're trying to bring her back for that. Trying to get her back, okay. No, there's all sorts of interesting parallels to this 2022 team and the mm-hmm. 2018 team. Um, Todd Callis was the uh, broadcaster for the Rays in '08. He's now a broadcaster for the uh, Astros. Uh, oh. He's Harry Callis's son. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's some interesting uh, similarities here, but. Yeah, the the vibes in Philly are just, you know, it's a party. And, yeah. you know, like, I, I want them to take this, but, you know, maybe they don't take this. This has been a postseason run for the ages, and, yeah. like, it's it's one I'm not going to forget. Um, I, I, man, I hope they take it. <laughs> man, I know you do, and I know it's a uh, – it, it, I was feeling all that stress last year, so I know what it's like, especially when you're playing a Minute Maid, which we've just watched oh on TV God. for the last – what six years in a row it feels like you know what i mean six years um but um you know i think for philly you know when they ignited against the braves you know what i mean those huge home runs and they were they were always able to kind of control it early you know and kind of force the braves into doing something and you know i think you know, an early first inning home run from Harper, you know what I mean? Like an yeah. early run or two, you know what I mean? I think that's the kind of thing that you want to see. And on the other side, the Astros are just probably like, we just need to do damage, you know, like they did in game two, yeah. right? Just come out and shut them up. Because I yeah. think you can't really shut them up, but like, if you're going to do it, that's how, right? You're going to make yeah. them look like, hey, we're the best. F you, you know, we're going to do it in your park. You know, I think that's kind of the mindset. And the Astros are capable yeah. of that, which is scary. Oh, 100%. Um, especially with Syndergaard, who's who's fine. He's fine. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bag he's him. He's not the same Noah we're used to. But, but he's, he's not going to strike them out. Experience. Yeah, he yeah. does have the experience, but he's not going to be striking a lot of dude out in that lineup. Particularly, I mean, particularly last year, who just don't strike out a lot oh, yeah. to begin with. They don't strike out in general. Um, so I think early momentum could be really, really important when you're talking about a really rowdy home atmosphere, which we have not, you know, Minute Maid obviously gets kind of there, but I think, I think there is a level of like, this is what we, this is just normal for us at this point. If you're the Astros, you know, 
um, which has its ups and downs, right? Like there might be a slight complacency, but there's also like a professionalism about it where it's like, we know what it takes to win these games like they did in game two. So um, maybe those early swings will decide whether the Phillies fans are losing their minds one way or another. Yeah. I mean, we're averaging seven runs at home. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, And like, I feel, I feel good about them going up against McCullers and Javier. I think those are pitchers that they're going to feast off of because they're primarily fastball pitchers. Yeah. And that's what the Phillies hit best is fastball pitchers. Yeah. Um, I I think they'll do okay. Um, It's just, you know, it's going to be big on the bullpen to, to lock down in these two, these first two games and then, hope Nola can get that form back and, and go out there and take care of business. Yeah. And um, did you have any other game notes or anything like that that you wanted to share or anything else interesting in your uh, stash of information that you wanted to get out before we uh, hit the road here? I I just hope to not see Minute Made at all the rest of the postseason. <laughs> I, hope we just, <laughs> I hope we just wrap it up in, in the D3 because, man... Schwarber hit a nuke two times oh, man, in a row. That was crazy. My feet, my feet. Like, ah, oh, that, that, that park nuts. is and like that that stupid wall in left field. <laughs> it's just, oh, like it's a neat looking park. Don't get me wrong, but it also looks like a knockoff Wegmans. <laughs> well, I can tell you, it's really like, satisfying when you hit it over the train tracks. <laughs> So, oh, I bet. No. Maybe, uh, maybe Reese. Well, if they do come back, yeah. Reese if we go back, back, I'd like to see uh, Hoskins uh, train track it. But yeah, I hope we don't go back. I hope we can just finish it in these three. Um, you know, regardless, this is this is shaping up to be a really good series. Um, these teams complement each other well. Yeah, and you know, Philly. You know, Philly got a lot of slack with how they started out, but you know what? Now that this team is rolling and clicking on all cylinders, yeah, like this is what people expected from them, right? At the you, beginning of the season, you definitely have to gauge it in the moment because you yeah. know you can take history and all these things, right? But like, you know, this stuff really is just hyper focused into seven games yep. or whatever it is, right? Like you, you can only use history so far to dictate how right. these things are going to go. So um, it has been exciting, even as someone who, you know, this is not an ideal yeah. World Series for me, but I am glad that um, the level of play has kind of met the expect. At least, you know, it's keeping me interested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it easily I mean, could, if the Astros just blitzed them or, if, you know, whatever, like it would have been just like, God. But I mean, everyone's made bad plays. You know, Hoskins missed that catch. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Pena just, Yo, Altuve's controller was turned off. Oh my there. gosh, that was a fun, the, the slow mo of the that. Funniest play I've ever seen. The slow mo of that hysterical. was just perfect. Just him just oh, chilling. And if that Altuve's came back uh, to bite then, yeah, the controller yeah. just met. If that had been died to bite, then that would have been like, oh my gosh, like that would have been nuts. Uh, yeah. But fortunately for Jose, it did not, and they did the fight yeah, another day. But um, that was comical. That was awesome. Yeah, that was um, great. And while we are not fans of Minute Maid, I will be excited to see the first time that someone hits off the gates at, in the outfield walls at Philly, and then they have to do a five-minute review to see where it actually hit off. Because, man, I hate that stadium, too. <laughs> I just can't yeah, it. be like that. Yep, it has its own quirks, so I'm sure yeah, we will... 
get used to those. Well, well, I'm sure JT will hit one off that weird left field, you know, kind of angled oh, wall. It's you another know. inside the Parker. Oh, man. I'm sure I'll two veil pepper one over there, too. So don't get to. Uh... <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure. Like, so, yeah, that's, someone, that's their spot. That's those guys' spot. Someone is drilling one that direction, and it's going to get oh, scary absolutely. really fast. So um, I am really excited to see how it goes. Halloween, Monday night, it'll be a treat um, for Yo. sure. Um, I wish you luck as much as I possibly can, which is <laughs> only so much. But um, yeah. I'm glad it's been a uh, at least a fun little roller coaster ride for you so far. It's been a blast. It, yeah. It's been a blast. Yeah, hopefully we can just wrap this up, and then I'm climbing up a grease stuff light pole uh, <laughs> either Wednesday night or uh, Friday night. And then we can interview you from the grease stuff light pole. Oh, there we go from from the top. I'll, yeah, I'll uh, live I'll at the scene. Some up there. <laughs> we'll just hear we'll hear a bunch of beers cracking and you falling onto a car so that'll be the podcast um there we go there you go well uh thank you pat as always and uh thank you yeah uh we will talk again soon i'm sure and i will yep. cut it back to nine for the outro folks that's going to do it for this episode of our baseball weekly thanks so much for listening our next episode will be whenever the world series ends uh if it ends and after seven games it will be on our regular monday release uh if it ends after six games we'll probably do an early sunday release uh if it ends in five games then we'll probably do a uh, like a you know a midweek release and then another episode the following uh, the following monday so uh stay tuned for that obviously the, the, that'll be the last of our weird playoff schedule and then we'll be back to our regular monday releases our baseball weekly is executive produced by Lewis. My name is Naim. I edited this episode. I also hosted the intro. Dylan hosted our mid-world series segment, and thanks once again to Pat for joining for that. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Our baseball weekly releases every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern time, or like I said, sometimes a little bit weirder during the postseason, uh, but after the postseason, we'll be releasing at our regular schedule, and we will talk to you once that world series is over. Bye!